Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Books Are Chic. I don't even know how to explain my excitement for this writing duo that is on because I just told them that their first book, The Last Mrs. Parrish, will go down with me as one of my all-time top favorite books. It was like a gateway book that reminded me how much I loved to read and how much I just loved the feeling of finding a book that you could not put down. We are here celebrating their newest release, The Senator's Wife. I am so excited to welcome Liv Constantine. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. I also, (laughs) I was going to mention, you're my first sister duo, which I love. Nice. But yes, introduce yourselves individually so people know who's making up Liv Constantine. Sure. Um, I'm Lynn. I am the L in live, Lynn, and I'm in Connecticut right now. And I'm Valerie. I'm the V in live, and I'm in Maryland. Uh, okay, first, that's going to be my first question, because I just love that you guys are sisters. And it seems like if I was writing with my sister, I don't know how that would go. So how <laughs> did you guys decide we're going to join forces and write together? Well, the first time we wrote together was over 20 years ago. It's the first book that we ever wrote, and it was called Circle Dance. And we decided, actually, Lynn was talking about uh, how much we both loved reading stories about families and different ethnicities. But she said, you know, there really isn't one about a Greek family. Why don't we write one together? And we did. Uh, And it was published by a, a small publisher and... Uh, it is still available, but, you know, it didn't, we, we thought it would be in every bookstore all over the country. And our mother thought, oh, it's going to be an Oprah pick. And of course, none of that happened. Uh, and then 20 some years later, we decided to collaborate once again and wrote something that is now sitting in a drawer called Black Eyed Susans. And then we wrote The Last Mrs. Parrish and uh, that was published in 2017. Was the first book about the Greek family, was that, did that fall in the thriller genre or was that something completely different? No, it, I mean, I, it, it's interesting. It's not a thriller, but it, 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 there is actually sort of a thrillery element to it, which, you know, I guess that just is what we must like to do. So there's a character in there that, you know, is not who he says he is. And and there's Jeopardy. One of the characters is in Great Jeopardy and, and that's a whole subplot. So it might be considered a domestic thriller today. I don't know. Maybe it's probably on the cusp of that, I would right. say. Yeah. yeah I what agree. was that called? That's so called that Circle, can... Oh, sure. Circle Dance. And that's Circle actually, Dance. Yeah. And it's Kindle Unlimited. So if anybody's, if you remember that, you can download it. You know, that's it's, it's out there. It's like a surprise. Under, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's under <laughs> Lynn and Lynn Constantine and Valerie Constantine. So it's our only book with both of our. <laughs> real Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's like, it's like vintage. I love that. It is vintage. <laughs> did I, did you guys start out as writers? Was, was this your original career? Or did you guys shift from something else and, and came together? Definitely shifted. Yeah. And I was in marketing. Um, we, we have 14 years between us. So, cause a lot of people, when we have two brothers in, in between the two of us, and, um, I think we both always loved writing and reading. And I think that both for both of us, English was like always an easy subject, but, um, I mean, even when I was getting my master's, my, I remember at the time the 
the one, the head of the program had said to me, I've written a paper, you should really try to get this published. And I was like, I don't have time for that. Like, who cares about getting published? And then years later, when we were struggling to get published, I thought, geez, that would have been nice. I would have had something to my name. So no, it wasn't for me. And I'll let Valerie speak to herself. No, it wasn't for me either. Although it was always something that I sort of dreamed about and thought, wouldn't it be fabulous to be a writer and to be an author? But it just seemed, you know, that that, that was a profession that was reserved for geniuses and brilliant, you know, came out of the womb being able to write. And um, it it seemed like an impossible dream. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, you saw that it wasn't and you guys just did it, which is like- after after 20 some years. (laughs) Yeah, after 20 something years. But like, that's the stuff that I feel like people want to hear, especially if they're interested in writing. Like you just have to keep- going. And like you said, you have a, you have that story of the one book sitting in the drawer, which kind of sounds like it's sound would be good. Black eyed Susan. <laughs> I'm like, we, we should be. Two, yeah. I think we have two drawer, two books in drawers, right? Yeah. We also have the bad sister. That's right. We do. Two oh, that sounds together. good. Guys, <laughs> I, are you I hiding things? The titles, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait a second. So, okay. So fast forward. You're now at the last Mrs. Parish, and how did you come up with this idea? Go ahead. <laughs> so we, I can still picture it. I was visiting Valerie with vacation, or you know, it wasn't a writing thing, and we were taking a walk in her neighborhood, and we were just talking about different stories and that we had heard of, like women who were just very mercenary and vicious and going after another man that was married, you know, simply for the money with no regard to the wreckage of the family and the children left behind. And we were discussing it and we looked at each other and said, wouldn't it be nice if things turned out differently? And then it was like, oh, that that's it. So mm-hmm. we both say that, like, I think I'm the one who came up with the twist. Val thinks she is, but I don't know. Maybe yeah, it, was, yeah. maybe it was just spontaneous at yeah. the same, maybe it was at the same time. And so that, idea came to us and we just knew that it was the book that we had to write and and it took off from there. I mean, I remember getting my copies. I got it right when it came out and I had just moved and I remember sitting on the couch and there's just books that you can just remember reading and thinking like I couldn't even get through the pages fast enough. And I had texted somebody and I'm like, this book, it was one of my friends from college who's a big reader. And I was like, this book, like you have to go buy this book. And she did. She trusted what I was saying. I was like, (laughs) I finished it in record time. And then you now have a prequel to it that people can get. So people should read this if you're listening and you haven't read it. Like I'm telling you right now, Pinky Promise, you will be obsessed (laughs) with this book, but you have a prequel and then you're going to do a sequel. We are. Yes. We're we're working on it right now, actually. Which is like. Finish the first draft. Second draft. Second draft, actually, yeah. Yeah. This is what readers want. This like it's that good that you're like, well, now what happens? Well, then you have a book hangover, but then you're like, but now what happens with these people? But I listened to the prequel um on Audible and I just again like I was like, oh my gosh, these you just created this world that I'm like, these people, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um but how did you what like what was the whole day or how the whole sort of leading up to when you found out this is a Reese Witherspoon book club pick, like incredible. That was incredible. We were um, 
Well, actually, again, Lynn was visiting me and, (laughs) you know, and the book, um, I mean, the book was published in October and we found this out in November. So we were still not touring at that point, but we were still doing events. So we were at a book club event here in Annapolis and we came and um, Lynn got a call on her cell phone from our agent saying, um, do you guys have some time to sit down and have a phone call with me and with our editor? Yeah. And Lynn, I think, you know, started panicking inside thinking, what did we do? And so she said, yes, as soon as we're, you know, we're at an event, but as soon as we're finished, we'll go, we'll go back to the house and we'll, we'll call you. So we were sitting at my kitchen table and my husband was there as well. And um, so we got the call and she said to us, um, are you sitting down? And we said, yes. And she said, well, we have some great news. And that is that the, um, the last Mrs. Parrish has been selected as a December Reese Witherspoon book club pick. And so, of course, we both started you know, sort of screaming. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, that's fantastic. That's amazing. And we we're going on and on. And then they said, but here's the thing, you can't tell anyone, nobody, you can't, not even your husbands, no one, uh, because it's a big secret. And if you know that, you know that they have a, a contest, you know, every month of like, who do you think who that our next book pick is? Yeah. And they give you clues. Um, and they said, and if it gets out, then it, forget it, you won't be the pick or, you know, so... Of course, when we hung up, then my husband said, wow, that sounds exciting. What was the news? And I think, Lynn, you're the one who said, um, well, there, we're gonna, there's going to be an article about us. And he sort of <laughs> looked at us like, oh, it doesn't take much to excite you guys, does it? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty thrilling. It was really, it was thrilling. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, it, sh- it absolutely should have been a pick. And I just love that there are so many platforms these days that can bring y- your book to, you know, because like people were probably trying to, you know, figure out who you guys were as authors. And even though you had written Circle Dance, it was sort of 20 years later and right. you were sort of coming out on the scene. But I loved that it was able to get into so many people's hands because I feel like everyone I know has probably read I mean, I don't even know how many reviews you probably have on Goodreads for it, but it's probably a gajillion. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but it, I don't know. It's a couple, maybe a couple hundred thousand, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you guys just were like, "Are you a book a year?" Yes, it- pretty much. I mean, there was a break in between. This one was two years, uh, you know. So we've been over a period of six years. We've been four, but we're we should really be a book a year. Yes. Yeah, because you have like this whole entire back catalog that like, I just don't even I I'm like, every book is so great. So I don't even know what to say. People will just get off this and hopefully they read everything if they haven't yet. But I feel like that was just the last Mrs. Parrish just sort of catapulted you guys. And then these great books just kept coming after. And it's like, it's like candy, like this thriller candy that you can't get enough of because you create these characters and these women that are just like, you can totally visualize who they are in your head. Or maybe, you know, somebody, you know, like that, that's sort of like, you know, bitchy. <laughs> no, you know, a few, we won't mention it. Yeah. Yeah. We won't mention it. But my next, my next 
question for you guys is how do you, cause you're in two different States. Mm. How do you sort of do your writing? Like what does the day to day look like when you're in the throes of, of getting a book going? So we speak every morning um, when we're in the midst. I mean, it, it's different stages when we, when we begin, we usually begin with the, with the twist. I mean, we, we discuss like, how about this? How about this? And sometimes it comes right away. Other times it could be weeks before we both get excited about a concept. So once we know, okay, this is, this is where, where we're going and we develop, then we develop the characters. And so it's a lot of, of zooming and FaceTiming and just kind of figuring all of that out. When the actual writing begins, we zoom in the morning typically and talk about like, we don't outline the whole thing, but we do know a little bit of a roadmap of where we're going and, you know, sort of what the, what the first chapters are going to be. So we each decide what we're going to write and then we go off and write separately and then we email each other and then we speak again after we read each other's work. And, you know, that goes on every day as we continue until we finish the first draft and we edit each other, you know, everything we send each other, it's always like, feel free to edit it, add, you know, whatever. And then the other will send it back with track changes. And, and that's how it continues to go until, until we have a finished draft. And do you guys have like, how do you break it down? So everyone knows where, like what, you know, Val's going to be writing and what you're going to be writing, or do you just. all meshed. No, it's yeah. All, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we do have, I mean, we do have our assignments each day and, you know, like I, I know what chapter I'm working on and so does Lynn. Uh, and and sometimes uh, I might send just half a chapter and say, I don't really know where to go with this. Why don't, can you finish this for me? And, or vice versa. And, or they'll maybe, but they're having an argument in this chapter and I could send it to Lynn and say, can you ramp this up or do, do more with this and, and vice versa. But we, we definitely each day know what we're working on. You know, right. Have- but I think what I, I guess what I was, Courtney, I was thinking maybe you were talking like character or who gets different parts of the book. Is that what you meant? Because yeah, we, yeah, we don't do that. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is you that, just no, it, it's we do it by scenes because we both have to write. We both have to be fully invested in everything. And then we edit each other. So there's it's not like you can look at the, the senator's wife and say Valerie wrote Rosemary and Lynn wrote Sloan. We all wrote. We both wrote everything. Everything. Mm. I feel like if you were, if I was, I'm hearing this, I'm like, wow, that must be so helpful. Do you guys ever get into moments where you're like, it's not helpful? <laughs> like two people, like two, two cooks in the kitchen. Like, I'm sure you've sort of figured out a good flow, but at the beginning, was it a little like, well, or no, I don't know. Occasionally it gets, I mean, not often. Right. But it does. Not often. No. It, 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 I think what happens the time that there's more of a tendency to maybe be not be on the same page is if we're hitting a roadblock or if there's something that's not quite working and we're trying to figure out how to make it work and we may have completely different ideas about that and that's when it can get a little bit like well no what I think we should do this well no and but we talk it through and we always just try to think about what's best for the story so I mean we don't fortunately we just the egos are checked at the door and it's really not about that you know it's it's just about trying to work together and come up with the best ideas that we can. So we don't have any knockdown drag outs, but we have had disagreements. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, sister, your sisters, sisters yeah. have, you know, little disagreements. And then do you both have, Lynn, you have your own solo writing series, right? Do you, yes. And then do you have that too? 
spell or no? Or it's coming. You do. Yes. Okay. So when you guys do that, how do you feel writing solo? Like, do you feel like, oh, I miss her or like, oh, this is sort of, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I miss her. Yeah. Yeah. Especially someone, someone to uh, bounce ideas off of because you're, you know, we're both so invested in the characters and we know them and we know the story. So it's different than talking to somebody, you know, I can say to my son or my husband or a friend, well, this is going on in the book and what do you think? But it's just not the same because Lynn has the intimate knowledge that I have of what's going on. So writing solo, yeah, it's a very different experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you I have nobody to send that chapter to and say finish this. So. That's right. Yeah. Right. I was gonna say, and plus, like you said, just bouncing ideas off each other. Now, what are your names for so when you're solo? So I, mine is Elsie Shaw. Although, I mean, I don't know if I, if I would. The reason is because Lynn is so similar to Liv, and we didn't want there to be confusion between. But it would be nice to be able to write something under that, my real name. So I don't know. Yeah. But- well, for the 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 what Elsie Shaw books are more straight up conspiracy thrillers, you know, a little you know more action packed, that kind of a thing. And I'm hoping to finish the third one. But what I'm really working on with that is I've written a pilot, and I'm hoping to get it to screen. So that would be that would be my desire for that. That's that would your, be amazing. Yeah. amazing. Yeah. And then what's yours, Val? Uh, mine would be because this is um, not. This is unfinished, uh, but I would write <laughs> under my um, married name, which would be Valerie Reese. Reese. So that's completely, you know, completely different than the Constantine. We'd both like to be able to use our maiden names, of course, to, but yeah. So taken. So yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Taken. Valerie Reese has got a nice, that's a nice guy. I think that has a nice ring, especially for straight fiction, which is what you're working on. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that does have a nice, but also Elsie Shaw sounds like conspiracy, like a conspiracy thriller. Yeah, author. yeah. But you can, I mean, you can just keep surprising us and that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> keep us on our toes. Now, The Last Mrs. Parrish, that was optioned, right? For screen, Netflix. for Netflix with Netflix. Molly Sims. Yes, Attached. Molly Sims, um, well, her production company and Three Dot Productions, they're the two producers. Yes, and two writers are attached. Uh, and and the option was renewed, I think, back in January. So we're hopeful that things will move when when the strike is over. Strike is over, right? Yeah, I remember seeing it. Be, I remember it seeing it being revived by her. She had posted about it, and I was so excited because I feel like she's just as much of a lover as books as like a Reese yeah. or whatever. And I was like, oh, please, please, please make this happen. <laughs> yes, I know. We can, yeah, we, we were too. Yes. <laughs> Well, I think that's one of the the part of, I mean, the book was great for so many reasons, but as you're reading it, I feel like it's one of those, almost like a sort of throwback to those. And I've talked about this before on the podcast with other thriller, thriller authors. There was just this whole time of like these 90s thrillers, like Sleeping with the Enemy and like The Hand That Rocks the Cradle that oh. were so like, even if you go back to them, they still hold. And yes. I feel like as you were reading The Last Mrs. Parrish, it was sort of that, like you just had this visual that you were like, oh, it would be like a movie that you would just keep going back to because it's right. so good. Yeah. Yes. Fingers crossed. Yes, fingers crossed. Okay, so we're here for the senator's wife. Now give me the scoop on where this idea came from. Hmm. 
where the idea came from. <laughs> uh, well, we, I, you know, as Lynn, I think mentioned before, we, we come up with a twist first mm -hmm. and um, it's hard to say where, I mean, we just talk and talk and think of different um, things that might be able to be turned on, on a, on its head. And, and at first we, we set the book in Connecticut uh, and then decided that it really would be a much better setting to do that in Washington and in DC and with a political background, although it's not a political thriller. Mm -mm. And, um, it just, it, it's really, I, I think it's just with talking back and forth and back and forth that the ideas come. So it's difficult to say what the actual, you know, like in quotes, inspiration for the book was. Would you agree, Lynn? I don't. Yeah, I think it was. It was like as Valerie said, we knew what the twist was, and so we knew, and we knew, you know, we wanted to take a situation and say this is what it's going to look like, but this is what it's really going to be. And so, how do we build that? Which is what we did. And I mean, when she was always married to a senator, but as Valerie said initially, she it was set like in their in their Connecticut home, and she wasn't living in D.C. and um, and as you know, our, our main character is no surprise that it is dealing with a chronic illness, and so in the initial iteration of the book it's because we went through many many drafts of this book she was already sick from the beginning and we decided that you know the reader really needed to get to know her and see her when she was I mean not I mean when I say sick she was in an active flare in the beginning in the original and so we wanted her to be not in that situation where she was able to do more so that people could get to know Sloan and love her and not just see her in, in bed the whole time. So, you know, that's that's how it changed. So I think the biggest probably journey, Sloan took the biggest journey. The other characters probably stayed about the same. Mm -hmm. um, but Sloan was the one over time that really matured and that we really got to know and um, and shape, you know, more as, as, as the book went on or as the writing went on, yeah. Yeah, she, well, first, I should have asked you this first before I even asked, for the idea, but give us like a summary of what a little summary, no spoilers of what the book is about. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, you do a really good job of this always. <laughs> oh, great. I'm on the spot. So okay, so um, the book opens two years. Well, a sort of it, we probably should have called that a, a, a prologue, but it wasn't. So you've got the first chapter from two years earlier, but then we jump ahead. So essentially, the story is about this woman Sloan, whose husband died tragically two years before in an accident. And she's remarried to the husband of another, of his cousin who also died in that same accident. So this couple died. So she's married to Wit. They're back in, in DC. This is the second Senator that she's married to. She's very much in love. She runs a charitable foundation and um, their, their lives are sort of just getting back to normal when she has to have a hip replacement because of the drug she's been on for the lupus that she's had all these years. So they started to interview home healthcare workers and they settle on a woman named Athena, who is going to move in and take care of her while she recovers. She has the surgery and she comes home and everything's great at first, but then she starts to get worse and worse and all kinds of things start to happen. And she becomes convinced that Athena is the one or she, not convinced, but she becomes concerned that it may be Athena is the one making her sick. So you don't really know, you know, what's going on. Is it the illness or people out to get her? And the story goes on from there. What made you guys want to bring in like 
somebody that was dealing with, you know, a chronic illness, you know, what, where did like, did you just think of that? Was that part of like the original whole plot? Cause it fully like weaves in obviously perfectly. And when you see what starts going down, you're like, oh gosh. I think, you know, we wanted her to have a, a reason for a sense of isolation. We didn't want to give her an illness that was necessarily acutely life-threatening, you know, not yep. that lupus can be, but that's a disease that again, more chronic that, that people can live with. Um, and, and because we knew we wanted to bring in a healthcare worker, right. So mm-hmm. there had to be, you know, that was, that was the role. Um, and we, the reason that we chose lupus, we have a cousin, I had a cousin where that we were very close to who had lupus for many years. So we saw firsthand, you know, what that, what that disease was like. Um, so, and it just, it just seemed to fit. I don't know if there's anything you want to add about that now. No, I th- no, I don't think so. I think you covered it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, well, it's funny because I feel like I, re- I was able to read this book early, but then there was like a few articles coming about out about women, not related to chronic illness, but as she starts to feel worse in the book, you start to see what's going on. And there have these been these like articles about these women who are like doing things to their husband, making them like intentionally ill, yeah. <laughs> like trying to probably like murder them um, or something. And so when I was reading this book, I was like, wow, like people do like do, do crazy things. things. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, and I don't want to like go into the book, but like you said, she starts to feel worse and things start to go awry. And, you know, you guys did a great job in the beginning. Cause like you said, you give us her previous life and we were, the scene is set instantly of this like lavish life and what the expectation is and the assumption is for these people living in this world. And then, you know, fast forward and we're going to her really suffering, but also trying to be this like, you know, Senator's wife and do all those things. How did you come up with the idea of Athena? Was she based on anybody? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Um, I mean, we liked bringing in a Greek character because we're Greek. Yes. and yeah. we knew, yeah, and it was always going to be some sort of a home healthcare worker that had to be, you know, somebody who would be in the home taking care of her, or or not taking care of her, as the case might be. Um, and so, and her personality, as Lynn said, I think it was just, you know, we loved putting that little Greek bit in, and um, and so we made her Greek. She, you guys, always have a character that like Athena, although you're also very good at making the reader question, like you have no clue who's good, who's bad, who's doing what, like you think you have it figured out, but then you guys are really good about twists. But um, just these women that like you love to hate that you're just like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) You always have one, I feel, in every book that you're just like, ugh. But then sometimes you're surprised and you're like, oh, I didn't, you know, she wasn't who I thought she was which I love. Did you guys have to do any specific research for this? I mean, we did on, yes, on, on lupus and, and a lot of the, without getting into, you know, some of the other subplots in the book that were business related, we needed to Mm -hmm. do research on. 
Who was the hardest character that you had to write out of this book? Like who was the toughest? It was Sloane. Definitely Sloane. Because, you know, you have a character who is um, chronically ill. And as Lynn mentioned, that sense of isolation. But we, but it also could have isolated her from the readers as well and may, and taken away. We, we had to give her personality. And she couldn't just mm-hmm. be this sick person. Um, with a and who didn't have any uh, spunk and agency and then and so it took it took many 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 iterations of her character to to make her make her feel complete and and fully a person who you who had emotions and strengths and weaknesses and ra- rather than just a weakness uh, so she she was the hardest one to write who was the funnest Rosemary. Rosemary. She was good too. Yeah, we enjoyed her. I mean, I think for Sloane, you guys, she seemed, even though she was dealing with this illness, she was still like so fabulous. And I love when you guys like name different fashion items and you really like make it so visual for the reader, especially if people are into that. But um, just this like lifestyle that, you know, your characters live in and and what does that look like? So I always love when you add those details, but I thought she was, I was rooting for her the whole time, you know. Oh, good, for Sloan. Yeah, for Sloan, because she was still trying to do all the things. And I think if people were reading that, that maybe even have a chronic illness or know somebody, you know, they're, like you said, they still have purpose. So, you know, what what can you do to, to show that and, and mm-hmm. hold on to that instead of, like you said, not just living through, you know, whatever your illness is, which I thought you guys did a great job Thank doing. You. But I don't, yeah, I don't want to give any, there were so many twists. I was completely shocked. I actually didn't even know. And I, it's so hard for me to talk about this without people having read it, but I didn't even know the whole time <laughs> until you guys threw in the twist at the end, what I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think that that could be going on with mm. Athena and Wit and Sloan and why she was feeling bad and all that stuff. I was like, so, mm. so yeah. many, so many great twists, so many great twists. Now, um, are you working on something together right now or are you, oh, you had two drafts and you told me that already. Yes. Yeah. The, the second, <laughs> yeah, the sequel. So that's our. The yeah. sequel which I'm super excited about. Okay. And then you will, do you guys, you have lived Constantine, just one social handle that you guys are always updating. Right. Live Constantine too. And then there's an Elsie Shaw author as well. Social, but yeah, but all of the live is live Constantine too on um, Twitter and Instagram and then in Facebook. Yeah. And then do you have a separate one too, Val? No, no. Okay. And when is your fiction, like, do you have a projected date for your solo book yet or no? I don't, no. Okay. Okay, we'll just wait anxiously, wait for that. Um, Okay, I'm going to ask you guys the chicless questions, and you can either just chime in if you disagree or whatever, you guys, if you had talked about them before. Would love to hear both of your answers. Okay. 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 Yeah, I'd like to hear Lynn's answers, I have. Yeah. See, we'll all be learning something. We normally do, but we didn't. Yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> the author that inspired or inspires you the most and why? 
So you're not going to be surprised with this about Dean Koontz because I've just loved him forever. And his dedication to craft, I mean, he works constantly and his plots are amazing. And I think his writing is very poetic. So uh, mine would be Susan Howitch, um, because I think when when you talk about inspire, I, it, that's very different from like, who is your favorite or who do you mm -hmm. love to read? Mm -hmm. um, I, I read her at a very early age and she uh, I, she just made um, the, she wrote that the Pen Merrick Pen Merrick was a book about three generations of family saga and and people with different points of view that you made the story change each time one person you heard one person's point of view uh, and I just I, she's just a master of craft and so she, she's a huge inspiration. I love that. Okay, your current TV binge series. The Night Agent. Oh, I haven't watched that. Uh, mine is The Tailor. It's a Turkish um, series on Netflix. Oh, my mom, I think, is watching that. Really good, really good. And my last um, author that I interviewed was watching The Night Agent and really like good. loved it. Is it really good? Okay. Really good, yeah. Two. Okay, good. Um, last favorite book and current read. So last favorite for me was Alex Finlay's What Have We Done? Mm -hmm. um, and right now I'm reading The Last Word by Taylor Adams. Oh, I just got that. It's very scary. Okay. <laughs> it's good. Uh, last favorite for me was um, The Incredible Winston Brown by Sean Dietrich. Mm -hmm. And what I'm reading right now is The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. Oh, I loved that one. It's really it good. Re it's really emotional. <laughs> but yeah. she's so great. She's so, it's like sweeping um okay sand or snow no sand and <laughs> sand me too what this is it's like why are we here this is we live here for these <laughs> these days <laughs> exactly yeah yeah um coffee or tea order coffee I, I coffee but I like tea as well so mm -hmm. yeah coffee and what do you guys first. get coffee first. What, coffee first coffee first and do you guys drink it black do you like cream and sugar I do it with almond milk coffee, and then I'll do iced coffee with almond milk and stevia. No, nice. green tea, nothing. Green tea with nothing. What about your coffee though? Coffee with milk. <laughs> with milk. Okay. Um, Your favorite bookstagram account. I cannot pick. Too right. <laughs> said the same oh my thing. gosh. I Too love many. that. Yeah. There's, there's tons. And I'm sure you guys have had so many. There's people amazing. that have supported yeah. you and yeah, I'm sure. Um, name an author you'd love to have coffee or a cocktail with. C.S. Lewis. Oh, Sinclair God. Lewis. Oh, <laughs> this is like a guessing game. This is fun. <laughs> I love that. And what, what kind of drink would you have? Coffee or cocktail? cocktail. I'm coffee with no, <laughs> Cocktail for yeah, me. maybe. Yeah. Okay. Cocktail. Okay. Um, who is your style icon? Writing. Clothing or to writing? Style. Oh, icon. My, style my, clothing. Yeah. Miranda. Oh. Priestley, I said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Oh, then style writing. I've never had someone. That's a good. Do you have someone for like who's I your? Do have her style, the oh. style of writing, and that would be Elizabeth Strout. 
Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, That's really good. I've never had somebody interpret the question that you're a first. I love it. Like being a first. (laughs) Um, Special. Yeah. (laughs) Book you wish they made a movie out of. Oh, I forgot to answer that one. Um, And that's a hard one because most fabulous books have been made into movies. But, and I think this one was, is supposed to be in production, but it's that it's a gentleman in, um, a gentleman in Moscow. Uh, I haven't seen anything that says, yeah, it's finished. It's coming out or what? So, but I'd like to see that. I would say what Alice forgot, because I love that book. And I think that might be in production too. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. Do you yeah. guys for the last Mrs. Parrish, even though like Molly and her production and that company optioned it, will you have any say in that? Like, did you want part in that? Or were you like, okay, you can just do your thing. I, I mean, we're, we're exactly. In it, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? We're starring in it. You're so, oh my God. Amazing. Even better. <laughs> um, we're executive producers on that. And I mean, we don't have their official say but they've been really generous in terms of sharing drafts and getting and feedback and input from us so as we will be as involved as they want us to be but not a nuisance hopefully right right yeah i'm hope like do you really like let's be honest do we think like do we think we're getting close to it you know it's so hard to say yeah and the writer's strike of course has i know has that's not helping you, anything so. right so hard to say. Okay. Really. Okay. We'll just keep manifesting and hopefully the writers get what they deserve. So absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Last question. Best advice for an aspiring writer or reader? Or reader. Hmm. Well, for the a writer, I would say first read, 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 read. Mm-hmm. Read the masters too. Good books. Um, craft classes, mm-hmm. Lynn, um, I would say for the writer, yeah, I mean, work on your craft and develop a thick skin and don't give up. And then in terms of like submitting, um, because, you know, we had tons of projections, don't get stuck on one book. If, if your book isn't getting <clears throat> representation, put it aside and write the next book and write the next book and, you know, and, and don't submit until it's ready, which means revision, revision, revision. I think that's a lot of, I mean, even for us with, with circle dance way back then trying to get agented, we submitted it too soon, you know? So it's all, mm-hmm. it really takes a lot of refining before I think before a book is ready. Do you have any, did you guys take any craft classes? Yeah. yeah. And, and I had a great mentor too. I mean, I took a, yeah, for several years at, in a small workshop where I did a lot of work. Yeah. 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 Okay. Perfect. Well, the senator's wife comes out on the twenty third. Super exciting. Mm-hmm. Are you guys going on a tour? Yes, Valerie's okay. coming up here in uh, less than a week, so we'll be mostly in Connecticut, Maryland, D.C., and New Jersey and New York. Yeah, and then awesome. we've got a lot of like virtual events and podcasts as well. Fun. Well, I loved it. I love you guys. I hope that you just keep giving us the gift of your books because they're so fun. Um, And if anyone listening has not read The Last Mrs. Parrish, start there and then you will just be completely sucked into Liv Constantine's world. But thank you so much for chatting with me. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much. And thank you. 
Thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Yes.